Welcome to Life on Pause, a podcast defining the experience of being a young adult with cancer. Each episode, we explore issues impacting young adults in and after treatment. Like what you hear? Have something to add? Come join us for next month's recording, the third Tuesday at 6 p.m. I'm Marcus Josie. I'm a 22-year-old. I'm from York, Pennsylvania. And my cancer journey started in 2015. I was 17 years old. I was a junior in high school at, at the time. And during that junior year, I was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. But I think there's a lot to my story. So I want to go back and, you know, tell you guys a little bit about even before I was diagnosed to let you guys know more about me. And in high school, I was a pretty good athlete. I would say myself, I played basketball and football and I was the quarterback of the football team. Uh, I became the starting quarterback of the football team my sophomore year of high school. You know, it was a lot of responsibility, but I loved it. It was really fun. And, you know, I worked my whole life to become a, a college athlete. Um, both of my parents are teachers. So they'd always wanted me to, you know, be a, a great D1 quarterback, go to, go to school and be a good Division One quarterback. Come my junior year, everything's going well. And all of a sudden, I started to feel strange symptoms. And like I said, I was pretty healthy. So... It was kind of out of the ordinary to have these symptoms that I was having. Uh, I started feeling really tired all the time. You know, I'd have really bad back pain. I'd have bad bone pain uh, all over my body. I'd have bad jaw pain, which they thought was TMJ, but it wasn't. I guess the thing that led me to my diagnosis was nosebleeds. I would have nosebleeds for three to four hours and they wouldn't stop. And like I said, at the time of these symptoms, I was a pretty healthy person. So it was out of the ordinary for all these things that happened. But, you know, I didn't put all of them together. I didn't know what was going on. I kind of just brushed them off to the side. Over time, all these symptoms started to get, you know, worse and worse. It was, it was hard to ignore these symptoms until April 10th, 2015. Uh, one of my teachers actually held an assembly at my school for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And during that day of school, I went down to that assembly, you know, just happy that I was getting out of class, that we had an assembly that I could, you know, goof around with my friends. But uh, I sat in the, the assembly and, you know, they started to say the signs and the symptoms of leukemia. And that's when I started to pay attention more. I started to get more engaged. Uh, because the signs that they were saying were the same symptoms that I'd been experiencing for weeks. This episode of Life on Pause is pulled from a longer interview with Marcus. In this episode, we're focusing on the year after his diagnosis when he returned to college. So we'll jump in there at what we've called Chapter 2. Well, I'm curious about the second chapter because you said you like went right to college. Yeah. Seems like this, this chapter like, might have a slightly different tone. I mean, a lot has happened over four years in college. So, you know, there's ups and downs, of course, but I, I think it's mostly positive. I, I don't think there's a lot of, a lot of negatives. I think there's a lot of challenges and obstacles that I had to face, which hinders my college experience. But 
my overall experience at college has been great. My college story is uh, pretty crazy because I was diagnosed in 2015 in April, and I ended up going to to college in 2016 in the the fall of 2016, and with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, the treatment is three and a half years long. So I went to college just a year into treatment, pretty much, or uh, maybe a year and a half into treatment. Now, looking back on it, I can say that I probably shouldn't have went at the time that I went. Again, I think there's just a lot of positive things that I experienced having to go to college and facing cancer at the same time. Probably a sense of not wanting to be left behind, like your your peers, your friends are right. going off to college and yeah. cancer's already like taken up, you know, kind of some of your life and you don't want to give it anything more. So it's not going to stop me from going yeah. to college. That, that was a big motivation uh, in going to college just because I'd been out of, I missed my whole senior year of high school. So being away from my friends and being away from all my peers for that whole year, you know, is, is eating me up inside. So when college time came around, even though my doctors weren't very thrilled to send me to college, I was very enthusiastic and very motivated. I just wanted to, you know, go in and, and see what happens. And my doctors told me, you know, if you face, you know, certain obstacles, you might have to leave college. I just figured that, you know, I might as well take the chance and, and see how it goes. So I convinced my doctors, I convinced my parents too. And I, yeah, I got to college on time. You were really determined. College is challenging enough, right? And there's two things that I am especially curious about. One, you have a compromised immune system. And uh, college students are not known for being necessarily the clean, cleanest people. And so that's one thing I'd like you to talk about, having a compromised immune system. But then also a common uh, side effect of treatment is what we call chemo brain. So it's hard to yeah. concentrate and foggy, which also seems like it might be a little bit difficult in a college setting. So uh, what was that like for you? Like I said, I went to college during treatment. My counts were still very low. I didn't have a strong immune system at all. And so I had to be very safe and very cautious my first year. You know, I, I, was, I was taking chemo, so I couldn't drink at all. I couldn't really, I, I went, went to parties, but I didn't go out and, you know, had to be pretty safe uh, with partying. Something I clearly remember about my immune system is when you're in college, no one wants to miss school or miss class when they're sick. For me, that was super inconvenient because I'm going to school or I'm going to class, and, you know, I see people around me who are, you know, I can physically see that they're sick, they're coughing, they're sneezing. And, um, you know, at my school, there's a lot of pressure. So people never want to miss class. I just felt like I was in a weird place because I, I had to go to class, but I was being around people that were sick. And I knew that possibly I was exposing myself to these sick people. And actually, in my first year, in my freshman year, I did end up getting very sick with, um, uh, viral infections and bacterial infections. I think it was just because of the college setting, you know, being around everyone, but also no matter go to Gettysburg College, it's a pretty old college, you know, so I don't know what exactly happened, but so I had some struggles with my immune system my freshman year. 
And this yeah. was all pre-COVID, right? So now yes. people wear masks and, uh, you know, we wouldn't look twice, but I'm saying you probably didn't mask to go to class. Sometimes. So I had this kind of debate with my parents all throughout my treatment. My parents always wanted me, wanted, wanted me to wear a mask when I went out in public. And one of my doctors told me that I didn't have to. So I, I rode that and I just didn't wear a mask uh, going out to places. But I remember going to college, I did order a, a special mask to wear. But, you know, I'd wear it once or twice. And then I'd realize that everyone was staring at me because, this, like you said, this is pre-corona. So, you know, no one's wearing a mask back then. You know, I didn't wear a mask just because of the stigma it kind of gave me. But, yeah. How that's changed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Especially being at college, I just, not a lot of people knew what I was going through. And I think putting on that mask kind of like, you know, kind of shouts like, oh, something's different about me, you know? And I was kind of hiding that. When you have cancer as a kid, a lot of times everybody at your, you know, public high school or at your school, public or private, know you had cancer, right? You can't get away from yeah. it. Everybody knows. But then, you know, you're further along in treatment or you're after treatment and you go to college and suddenly people don't know unless you tell them or wear a mask, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a very interesting transition for me just because how it was, you know, in the second chapter in New York, you know, I had a lot of media attention. People heard about my diagnosis. I was, you know, in the newspaper and whatnot. And then, yeah, when I went to college, most of the people that go to my college are from out of state. So no one really even heard, no, no, knew every, anything about me. No one ever heard about me. And now, you know, I'm just this, well, I felt like I was just, you know, just this cancer kid all alone on, on this campus now, uh, rather than having, you know, all this support around me, like I just had at my high school. So it was definitely a, an interesting transition. Yeah. And then, and then what about chemo brain? In college? I, I kind of doubted chemo brain at first upon being diagnosed. And, you know, I was just sitting in the hospital. I hadn't, I didn't need to go. I wasn't going to school really uh, my senior year. And my doctors would say, oh yeah, chemo brain, chemo brain. And I hadn't really seen any effects, but that's because I wasn't using my brain that much. Uh, but then once I went to college, I saw it a lot. And that's when I realized how much my brain had been affected by the chemo. And I was still on chemo when I was at college. A lot of challenges were, were presented uh, with that. And before being diagnosed, you know, I was, I always felt like I was pretty, I did pretty well in school. My memory, my brain was great. But uh, once I went to college, I realized how much my memory was affected, uh, and and my energy too, just the the energy it takes to just power your brain. Oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that. It can be exhausting to like study to like yeah, cram that yeah. knowledge so, in there. Yeah, that was something that I was totally unaware of. And um, one of my doctors actually told me they're like, yeah, for every three hours you study, you're going to need an hour of sleep. You know, for every hour that you study, and that was like shocking to me. And, you know, I, like I said, I didn't believe a lot of the things that they're saying, but then I would, I'd go to class and, you know, I'd start reading 
and all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm very tired, like not normal tired. I, I call it cancer tired because it's just, it's tired times 10. I really started to feel the, the effects of my brain energy and my brain power. So like what tips and tricks did you learn to get to kind of work with those? Anything that you did personally, um, were there a lot of, there's sometimes accommodations um, that colleges or schools can do. Like what would you recommend for other young adults in college? The thing that I would recommend the most is to use accommodation services. It's like, that's your best friend going through college or in any, any type of school. I think it's, you have to be very open about the accommodations that you need uh, while you're going through treatment. When I went into college, I guess in my head, I kind of felt like, oh, like, you know, I'm still the, I'm still a student I was before I got diagnosed. Like in my head, I felt like I still had that confidence. And then as I was, had to do more and more work, I started to get my first test and stuff. That's when I realized that I was truly at a disadvantage compared to um, my peers at school and both of my parents are teachers. So they knew about accommodation services. So they, you know, they pushed me really hard to get involved with accommodation services. And that's what I did. I, I built a great relationship with the college as far as accommodations. And I think that was the most important thing for me to get through college, just using my accommodations and also being really open about everything with my professors and the college. I don't think we covered this. Like what year are you and what are you studying? So right now I'm a junior slash senior. I have about a year left to go. Uh, I just got surgery, so I had to take this semester off, but I have about a year left to go and I'm a biology major at Gettysburg College. Like many young adults diagnosed with cancer, there are many different chapters to their stories. Join us for future episodes of Life on Pause as we investigate different chapters and different experiences of being a young adult with cancer. Thanks for listening to Life on Pause. Ideas or suggestions for future episodes? Feel free to share them with us. Join us for the next recording on the third Tuesday of the month. Until Until next time. time.